0: Yes, King George is his real name. How cool is that? I can now say I've met royalty. Only this King George's life is poles apart from his various namesakes of generations past. This King was born and raised in North London, Tottenham to be precise, and apart from its stunning new Tottenham Hotspur football stadium, home to my beloved Spurs, Tottenham is probably better known for its poverty, riots and recent spike in knife crime. Yet while the violence is a real and daily challenge for some, it's certainly not what defines this enigmatic 22-year-old. It could have done as his face was smashed open in an unprovoked attack when he was younger. Son of first-generation immigrants, King is throwing off the perceived shackles of his background, struggling with cultural differences with his family while seeking love and security in a world where it's hard to fit in. This is the true story of a young black gay man working out his place in London and in life. I'm Steve Lazarus, and this is Your London Legacy. Well, I'm delighted to have on the show today, (laughs) smiling. I'm delighted to have on the show today someone I've been trying to get on the show for quite a while, but he's been difficult to nail down for some reason. He's a busy boy. He goes by the name of King, King George. And believe it or not, that is his real name. He's not not a former king of England, but that is his real, that's your given name. Is that the name on your birth certificate? It's
1: my name on my birth certificate, it's on my passport. My passport i have it on me if you don't believe me but uh, my dad named me king george and i've got a cousin in paris who has the exact same name as me it's a king george shakiva
0: king george shakiva that's fantastic so well we're going to dig into your background uh, obviously that's why we're here (laughs) to get your story and now i came across your story, if you like, when I saw your face plastered all over the uh, the BBC Londoners Instagram account yeah, with, a little, with a little background, and I started to do a little bit of reading about you, and I thought we haven't had anyone on the podcast quite with your experience and background, yeah. and I thought it w- it would just be really interesting to get you on. So I don't like to pigeonhole people and put them in that little box. Yeah. But how would you how would you describe yourself if you were to describe yourself as? As a person as a, ju- person, as a are you an activist? Are you a gay rights campaigner? Are you a black gay rights campaigner? Um, are you a YouTube influencer? What, what, yeah. what are you? Where do you, where do you sit? Um, for me personally,
1: I feel like I've come to the point in my life where I'm trying to f- not focus on, on things that I really want to do because I feel like I'm trying to find different survival methods for King right now. And I feel like that one in particular is a good one for me right now. I would say I'm an entertainment personality. You know, like I, I believe a millionaire- It's certainly entertaining. <laughs>
0: yeah. I hope, We've been having a laugh before we even started. Fingers crossed.
1: I just feel like a millionaire has seven sources of income and I just want to kind of find my seven sources of income because I've always wanted to do so many things like write books, um, work with young kids and, I would want, and I've always wanted to write films and present and do radio. But I've realized that just can't happen overnight. And then I've also realized- I have to grow up and learn how to be independent. So I need to kind of grow up in my personal life first. So I'm kind of taking it, you know, a step at a time right now. But in regards to, you know, will I say I'm an activist or a gay rights activist? I would love to be. And I don't want to use my age as an excuse of um, kind of still finding myself. You're, 20, you're 22. Just 22. 22, yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like I'm not educated enough to be like, to stand up, to stand for something like that. And I would love to be. And I feel like that...
0: Hopefully that's a part of my journey. Yeah, well, I suppose if you're passionate enough about something uh, in your heart of hearts, you don't need to be educated academically to present a point of view. You need to have that feeling that you 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 you're right about something, that you believe in something strongly enough to stand up and have a voice about it. Yes. I think you, you certainly, from what I've seen so far, you, you're quite happy to stand up and, and be seen and be counted. Yeah. Do you know
1: what? I, I, sometimes I feel like I don't realise how brave I am. I feel like it's... But for me personally, I think it's because I've kind of forgotten that young boy I was. Yeah. That used to kind of like spe- speak to himself in the mirror and kind of just kind of carry himself. Because like even today... I was just thinking a lot of the times we kind of make ourselves ourselves do things that we don't want to do almost like, for example, if you want to kind of live a healthy life and you don't want to, um, eat junk food but you want to work out and you know that it's bad to eat junk food or it's bad to smoke cigarettes but you still do it that's us still not having control or mental stamina over ourselves and our own life so how can we
0: really control yeah because as human beings we're weak and we have our frailties and we fall into you think out. we're weak i think we are naturally weak <laughs> i think we have to train ourselves to have good habits if you yeah. like because otherwise it's very easy to fall into into habits that we know are wrong or bad yeah. and like you said you know who doesn't want a nice bar of chocolate or something sickly sweet? Or you know, or have myself. A, I don't know if you drink or have a nice cold glass of beer or a like sh- shot of whiskey. <laughs> so, you know, we know those things aren't necessarily good for us. Yes. But, so you've got to build good habits. And working out in the gym is a habit to build... Habit of the muscle, I suppose, yeah. but you got to have the, the the mental habit. Work that muscle as well. Your mental muscle, haven't you, to get yeah. down to the gym? Because I know I should go, but I don't go. It's me too. <laughs> but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So let's just go back a little bit in yes. time. You're only 22 years of age, so yeah. you're a, a young man by my standards anyway born and brought up in north london yes which part in of london, london.
1: In, in tottenham i was about to say sadly no
0: it's
1: not 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 sadly but it, that's like a that's a, what's the what's the word that's like a private joke between me and myself right so, yeah okay because it's, it's it's um bittersweet in what way i just think for a lot of people for where they come from i think the experience of home to them can be bittersweet because there's not only just good memories, there's bad memories, there's heartbreak, there's, you know, family issues, there's friends. So I feel like I love being from where I come from. So yes, I was born and raised from North North London.
0: Okay. So, I mean, what what does Tottenham to me mean? Something completely different from what it does to you. And now yeah. I... I the, the, geographically demographically Tottenham has changed dramatically yeah. over the last 30, 40, 50 years. For me, Tottenham is a place where I go to watch my beloved football club. Yes. <laughs> I know I, I know having seen you on they, your docu- they, on your documentary which we'll talk about as well that yeah. you have absolutely no <laughs> love of football or sport particularly no. So Tottenham means something completely different to you. Well, yeah. what, what is Tottenham to you as an area? And we should say to those listening because not everybody knows London Tottenham is North London. Uh, the postcode is N17 yes and has a particular type of demographic it's one of the poorest areas in the whole of London yes socially deprived area although hopefully with a new football ground and it should generate a bit yeah. more um bit more revenue into the into the area
1: well the because of the football ground cuz i went to um the Fulham park community school and that was right it's behind, on the doorstep Yeah, yes. literally right right there and they knocked down that whole um like the back entrance to the school not that I had, care so much about that but then so I've seen Tottenham Hotspurs go from like I wouldn't say the beginning but from when I was 11 to when I was like from till now so I've seen the massive change as well Tottenham to me is Tottenham to me I feel like I am Tottenham and I feel like that's the place I feel the most safest and I feel like you know demographically it could be you know on paper the most poorest place and it probably is because sometimes I feel a bit poor but you know I feel like a lot of people from Tottenham have a rich souls. I feel like I can you can always spot a person from mm. I think North London in general I wouldn't just say in Tottenham but I feel like you can always spot a person from North London you always know a North Londoner like you know you just know but Tottenham to me is definitely I'm gonna name my friends <laughs> no no, no, no <laughs> name, name check away Alicia, um Vicky Jordan, my sister Andrea, Janice, there's so many loads of people that I just feel like are Tottenham to me.
0: Mm. So that's what makes it. So your parents still live in Tottenham? Yeah, my parents still live in Tottenham. Yeah. So what was your upbringing like at home? My dad
1: was a wrestler. So he's a famous wrestler in Congo. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's a big puppeteer. So when he came to this country, he was a an new WA and he was wrestling on TV in this country for. Um, a couple of years and then he got all of us all seven of us into wrestling but this he got us into olympic wrestling so we used to go manchester we used to go um brighton we used to go blackpool scotland my brother's been in um, the
0: gb team you mean going to watch it or going to participate, going to participate. You, actually, participate. you actually went wrestling yourself yeah so we had to now, participate. Now he tells me we,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry so, so, we had to we had to wrestle uh-huh. but it was grappling and techniques and stuff like that. But it taught us discipline, but he made us do it Monday to Sunday, no joke. Like my mum even did wrestling at one point. It was a great experience, I think, to have with your father, especially all the travelling and getting to stay. Um, just being able to stay in the hotel for the first time and stuff like that. And yeah, wrestling was a big part of my life, but it also made me and my father's relationship a bit um, very distant. I, for a very long time, I kind of just disliked our relationship.
0: Why? Because it was an aggressive base based on an aggressive yeah, it, sport? Or? Yeah,
1: but um, no, it was based on the fact that um, he made us do wrestling Monday to Sunday. Uh-huh. And I think for coming from an African background, they came to this, they come from a third world world country. Honestly, I don't. You know, I, was, I wasn't I was born in that country. I wasn't raised in that country. I didn't go to school in that country. So our circumstances and our languages alone is very different. So there's that barrier already between parents who come from these countries and their kids that are born here. They came here for kind of like their survival method. And I just feel like that was the difference between me and my parents. I was growing up in London and you're trying to train me to become this big wrestler that you, your dad wanted you to be. Mm. So I I put ketchup in my mouth one day and I pretended to be vomiting blood. And my mum being my mum, her son's vomiting blood. So she got tissue, wiped it and she smelt it to make sure I don't know why she did that. But then she knew it was ketchup, but maybe because it was the colour of- So
0: why did you do that? To try and get out of- Out of wrestling. To get out of wrestling.
1: Come on Steve, Monday to Sunday. (laughs) So Monday where would you, go with,
0: will you do this in the house you go to the gym oh, no, or,
1: or sport, sport <laughs> so my dad has been a youth worker for 25 right. years so he had loads of accesses to youth clubs around tottenham uh-huh. so that's where new river Bruce grove number
0: 10 i see right so okay. he would hold it there um and would he insist that you go and w- what would happen if oh, you said I, no if uh, you said i'm not i don't want to go i don't feel like it today Dad. you should see my face right
1: now honestly there was there was no way i could ever say it. i don't feel like it today what would happen I'd get in trouble.
0: Uh huh. I'd get in trouble. What, what, what would trouble look like? I, don't, I
1: can't. I don't think, honestly, honestly speaking, and I'm not avoiding the question, I genuinely do not think, and I think this is where it begun. There was no, I didn't know what being in trouble would feel like because I had to go wrestling.
0: Hmm. So did you feel you had to do it out of a sense of sort of respect from for your father? He demanded the respect that you do what he says to do.
1: Mm, mm. No. My dad was very um, passive-aggressive with, with his discipline. Right. But... It, when it came to wrestling, I don't think it was anything to do with me, you know, out of respect. Of course it was out of respect for me, but it, forefront, it wasn't, oh, I respect my father, that's why, because I'd be at wrestling and I'd be disruptive. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing, that. I'd be giving him a hard time. Mm. So he knew I didn't
0: want to do it. What about your other siblings? They
1: didn't want to do it, but I've I've always been that person that's always been vocal. Like I'm, I, I moved out, I was the first one that moved out. Um, there's seven of us, I'm number five. I was the first one that moved out. First one to get piercings and tattoos, um, I mean, to get tattoos and stuff like that. They kind of went by what my parents said and and that's great for them. You know, it's respectful, it's discipline, but... I always spoke out.
0: Mm. I always Good came across the bad one. Good for you. So, so the, the your other brothers and sisters, they kept, as we say, they kept shtum. They kept their mouth co- kept shut. Okay, <laughs> Yeah. So well, do you know
1: what that means, Steve? That means when things went missing in the house, guess you got in trouble. Because <laughs> I, really. I was the bad one.
0: Yeah. Is that how they perceived you as the bad one? The naughty one? I
1: think, yeah. I think I've always, I've always, especially now being The gay, gobby I one. Think, yeah. I think, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. my parents think I'm very, like, rude or so. Like they always, they always, they always fearful of like what I may get myself into outside of the house. But it's like, I've always tried to explain to them. Maybe it was me hiding my sexuality from them, but it was more so like, this is just me kind of having issues in our relationship. Mm -hmm. But I feel like parents from like third world world countries don't understand the whole psychological effect of building relationships with your friends and families and also your children. So how did you get on at school? I was naughty in school.
0: Absolutely. In my way? Disruptive or just um, I day, into, daydreaming? I got into
1: a lot of fights. I got into a lot of fights. Well, I was you you? You're, you're a wrestler. Yeah. And I did grow up in, I did grow up in, in you know, like a, with, I have six, six, five five brothers and one girl. So, you know. It's tough for her. Yeah. It's tough for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tough for me. So yeah. I was, I, I don't know what it was. I wasn't, I was I wasn't, I, I wasn't angry Kid, I was bullied from, from primary school until like year two. And I, every single day I used to um, hold this teacher's hand for break time and lunch time. And when I kind of think about that, that's not really, that's not really King. but well, maybe that, maybe that is, you know.
0: What, why do you think you were bullied?
1: It was Dawson, Dawson Tumble. I don't know. Is that a name check? Yeah, this is, yeah, that's his yeah, name check. <laughs> okay. I don't know, no. Do you know? I, I don't know because he and he went to my secondary school. And trust me, Dawson Tumbled didn't not bully me again. But I don't know why I was bullied. I was quiet. I was shy, and I've always been. I've always been shy. And now I suffer from anxiety. So having this conversation, I don't mean to do it, but I'm thinking back, and I'm like, does that kind of link to like am I? Is that still me? Because you see baby pictures of people, and they still look the same. So mm-hmm. your personality and how you was as a kid no, must no, still stay the same. The same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're all changing on a regular basis, but yeah. certainly from your childhood to, to now a young adult. Yes. Definitely changing. So you, you touched on your your sexuality. At yeah. what point did you become aware that you, you know, you may be a little bit different from your brothers, for example? Uh, assuming that they're straight and they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But before we move, my mum's mom, my from Portugal
0: and my dad's from Congo. But
1: then to your question, because I forgot to mention where my mum was from. That's I went okay. into my dad. But um, I would say... When I was 18, I was able to just, I I, would be, I was like, okay, I am gay. And as soon as I realised that, I think I started coming out, but I started coming out to people like in sixth form and my friends, before. Like, strangers would know about my sexuality and people so close to me would not know. So I'd meet someone, yeah, I'm gay, they would know, but no one else would know. But um, obviously when I was eight, um, I was molested. And when I was 13, I was molested. And they were by, it was by boys. So... For, when I was 13, it happened. It carried on for about five years.
0: So molested in what? Don't need the details necessarily. When, when I was when I was
1: when I was eight, I believe it was his finger. But I was molested. And mm. um, when I was 13, one of my brother's friends, who was older, kind of. No, yeah, we don't. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but I'm just. Very, I'm, I'm thinking this sorry, was outside of the home. The this course. was
0: outside of the home environment. This is this is just when you went out socializing or in school. No, no, or? this is
1: in the this is this is in the family's friend environment. And this, in then when I was 13, this is in my home environment. Mm. It was my brother's friend. So, mm. but I was I was young, mm. so I did it. But but, anyways, I feel like when I I was 13, so I think this is like puberty, right? I'm in year nine. I started hanging around with females, not the boys, and like. You know, all of the boys are off in gangs now, so maybe that's a good thing. But in regards to you know the females, I just feel like I, I there was a there was a change, and a lot of people would say, "Oh, you're born gay," and and yeah, okay, that's that's great, and that's I get that. But sometimes I still believe not every like I don't. That's just people say you shouldn't label things and label people. That's still labelling people. I don't think you're born gay. I just feel like circumstances and experiences happen, and, and if you like something. You like something, and if that's you, that's you. Everyone has the right and the ability and capability to just do whatever they want to do and be who they yeah, want to you be. Are what and that's you are what you are. What but you it comes you, down to
0: I don't think you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that the the molestations, as you put it, mm-hmm. was what led you to form your sexuality. Is was was that what made you think, hang on, what is it that I am feeling here?
1: I mean... I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say it was that because I think I, I may have been feminine growing up, so maybe that's why these people in particular may have felt like we're attracted to you. Yeah, but still, I don't think that's the reason for my sexuality no. because it is, it, there's been loads of people who have gone sadly gone through what I have gone through, and and they are in marriages with females and they have kids and it's and, it's, and they don't have no attraction to men. Mm. So I generally do think that was just me having attraction to men in general. However. I think being young and not being exploited to certain things, like, for example, smoking from a young age, I don't think certain things you don't get exploited to, then you won't really know about. So who knows? But I wouldn't pull it on being molested. I think that's that's kind of unfair. But like I said, I'm, I'm still 22. I'm still learning. And one day when I am able to kind of face these things and kind of really go back and think about it, I can see the difference in the thin line between... It being the reason why and it just means something that happened to me, mm. kind of thing.
0: So growing up in the family that you did, obviously a father who wants you to go wrestling all the time and from an African background and your mother, um, Portuguese, I don't I'm not quite know her her background per yeah. se, it must have been very difficult for you to come out and acknowledge to them yeah, it was, your sexuality. I,
1: I was raised in a very like um the household I was raised in, the culture was very um, it was African culture. I mm. speak Lingala. But yeah, it was it was difficult coming out. To be fair, I think I came yeah, I came back to my mum when I was about nineteen. Hmm. It was difficult for me, but um I did it over text. I made my friend press the send button and I kinda wish that I didn't make her send it, because I typed out the message for her and then I made her hold the phone and I told her to send
0: it. So you wrote the text to your mum on your phone and you get somebody else to press the send button, Yeah, so, so I what, went over to what, my Do you remember the words you used, dear mum? No, it's th- king here. By the way, um, I'm gay. I
1: think I did. No, I did. I don't think I said dear mom. I think, <laughs> I I think maybe not I said hi mom. I think I just said um in my language, I wrote it in um, in English because she understands. And I said, I think I did just said I'm gay. But mm. I went to my housemate, I cried on his shoulder and it got sent. But I wish I sent it because maybe I would not have sent it. Mm. Deep down, I would not have sent it. Mm. But sometimes I think what would my life would have been like now. but so I how have would...
0: they taken it, your, parents, and your, your family generally? I'm <laughs> um, not
1: happy. Not... It's not like as of right now. It was it was cool for like a year and a bit. But then yeah. like when they realised I've got into a relationship, as you've seen on the documentary, yeah. they wasn't. They was like, oh my god, this is real. Like so thought, they were
0: sort of in denial. They thought if they, they gave thought, me time, I'll change. Yeah, you grow out of it. Prayer, meet a nice I mean, girl, stuff like Yo. yeah, yeah.
1: Like, oh my God! I don't know how to honest girls. I can be, but like, <laughs> what? Um, one of my aunts like, to me. I think it was um, my aunt. She said, "Why can't you just like meet a nice girl and you know, like you know, you could there's basically do her up the arse." And I was just like, "It's not about that." Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's hmm. that they just don't understand, and they think they can pray or fly me to Paris and stuff like that. And it's not; they just don't
0: understand right. it. Sure. So your relationship with them now—now that now they've seen you in a in a in a full blown relationship, shall yeah. we say—that is is a bit. My mum still cool. calls me every single day. Yeah,
1: and I still speak to my little brothers and my sister. But then my older brothers, we don't really have a relationship as well as my father. Hmm. But me and my mom speak. So you're heavily. not
0: in communication with your older brother and your father at all? No. That's a shame. So when did you move out of home?
1: When I was 18, I think uh, 2017 Yeah, I first moved out.
0: That was partly because of this or partly because yeah, you it wanted to... Because a... of
1: my relationship with my father, uh-huh. I feel like we just still wasn't um, getting along. Because it started from when I said when we was young. you know, we got It got better, but then he still felt like he could still be passive. With me with his discipline and I just felt like I'm, I'm I'm an adult. And he um he confiscated my phone. And I may sound, you know, like a disobedient child, but I to me, I was I think I was 18, but I think I was 17. But I was just like, you know, he my dad's a big supporter. He wants me to be a more bigger of a star than I want to be you know he wants that for me but he knows how much I was into that social media and my phone so for me it felt like a personal sting but either way I think I was I was 17 you shouldn't be taking my phone off me let's have conversations and they never really used to do that it was just discipline discipline it was never let's speak
0: so where have you been living over living over the last four or five years since so you lived
1: my first house was in Stoke Newington mm-hmm. um, near, near Manor House Station it was a really nice house I shared with one other person I've never had my own flat or house yet. yet I shared with one other person it, massive garden balcony it was nice and then um, I got evicted out of that house because um, I was I was young I was young um, when it came to stuff like housing benefits, I was just like, uh, like, what do I do? Like, what do they mean they need this and that? So I think I took very long to do it. And at this point now I've moved out of my mum's house. Um, like, I've come out, I'm like finding myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, I've got my own house. I'm going to be having parties every day. That didn't happen. But when you live in your mum's house- Strange that, isn't it? <laughs> do yeah, you think like, they're going to go live a life of partying yeah, forever. Yeah, you don't. Because yeah. when you're in your mum's house, that's what, that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, when you go and live by Reality is a like, bit different, isn't it? It's very different. And then so I got evicted out of that house. I had my first ever house party on my 21st birthday. Yeah, um, That's where I met my partner, Dior. And um, I got evicted. Obviously, I ended up staying with him for quite a while because when I went back to my parents' house, I feel like they felt like, wow, he's come back and this means he's ready to be under our supervision and to become straight again. On his road to become straight again. Mm-hmm. And that didn't kind of go to plan. I, the last time I did stay at home, me and my mum slept on the floor because my dad sat down my whole family, told my little brothers and everyone that, you know, even my older brothers already knew, but my little brothers didn't know. And he basically said to them that I was gay. He didn't want me to like touch cutleries or sleep oh, in I'll the bed and stuff so. like that. So my mum slept with me on the floor. But I think my that was my mum's way of kind of standing up for herself too to my father but with not without yeah. saying anything. So then um, I moved out. Well, I started kind of staying with Dior. I don't know if he wanted me to stay with him. He probably didn't because he had just recently moved out. I mean, he's he's three years older than me. He's 25 now, but it's still young, you know, so he doesn't kind of want this 21 year old underneath him all the time. I ended up going, I emailed David Lammy and um, he ended up getting me um, a room in the YMCA. I didn't like it grateful grateful for it but um what the type of people who were in there was, uh, the thing is was it wasn't even the type of people uh, like we all know stories about the ymca like forget about the type of people it was just like the room like you can't expect people to live like that a hole, it, and yeah it's that's it's it's, inc- it's incredible mm. like it's actually really i don't think there's a word
0: invented in the dictionary mm. yet and that was in tottenham area as well that was in hornsey yeah Hornsea. northland in hornsey yeah.
1: but i think the rooms could just be a bit better it doesn't need to feel like, you know, they really make, you know, when you go, I'm not allowed to swear, am I?
0: You are, you are this has a, an explicit rating, the podcast. <laughs> it doesn't mean you should swear, but if no, it's appropriate, you can swear. So, But you know, it's,
1: it's um. You know, there's no need to make people who go to these um, hostels to feel any more shit about themselves than mm. they already do. You feel shit about yourself yeah. and go in there and you're like, wow, this is, I'm in this dump. But... The staff and the uh, facilities and the setup is great. And like the help that they provide. But come on, you've got to realise people get depressed from weather. Who's not to say people can not get depressed and low mood from the space that they're in and it looking mm, mm. like
0: a shit mm. So I'm interested in the, um, because Tottenham has been in the news aside from the wonderful football club <laughs> yeah has been in the news for a lot of the wrong reasons over the last few years not yeah. least because of the uh, the gang culture you know the drug the, the postcode wars and the, yeah. the, the the knife crime and everything else that goes with it so how is it that someone like you a young intelligent mm-hmm. black you. gay guy yeah can get on and be so positive and upbeat about their life having been through what you've been through in that sort of society in that sort of subculture
1: i think going back to wrestling, I think wrestling taught me discipline, mental Mm -hmm. discipline. But furthermore, I think going to Northumberland Park Community School, kind of, going to whatever school you go to kind of makes you also. So I think that school kind of made me, it was in the heart of Tottenham, right next to the stadium, in the middle of Tottenham High Road. So it can't get any more, you know, better or worse than that. So it was going on on the high road. So it kind of builds you up to be this person. A lot of people that I do meet, and it's not every black gay male, but I feel like they was kind of brought up, maybe bullied in school or not as confident or popular or loud. But for me, it was different. So my reaction behavior to things like people thinking they can intimidate me because of my sexuality is a whole lot different in in, in that perspective. But- um,
0: So does it happen? I mean, you're walking down the street, you're walking with your partner, you're walking on your own. It doesn't
1: happen. It has never ever happened to me. But But the only time I would say I've, being attacked. It wasn't on Tottenham High Road. <laughs> it was or wasn't? It was on Tottenham was High it? Road. Um, it was when I was um 14. Right. And my chin got split in half. But it was because of my my chin, yeah. My chin got split uh, in how half. How did that happen? I think they used like an a Nokia phone, an old brick phone. Right. So they split it in half, but it, it was because of my sexuality. I had a comment. At when- 14? I mean, yeah. how would they know at 14? What you- right, I'm gonna yeah. tell you something I've never <laughs> told anyone before. Come on then. <laughs> but basically, they kind of approached me saying, no, oh, my name's Rico, I'm from Hounslow, give me your phone. Uh-huh. But the backstory was that I spoke to someone. I spoke to someone called Josh. And I basically, we were speaking on oh, who's, who's who do you think is cute in our year group? And you know, basically who would you get with kind of conversation. Mm. And um, just being two young boys, right? And I think he kind of thought that I was gonna say something to people. So he said it to the boys first. So they've all come down and some boys from the unit that got kicked out of our school from the unit, they've all come down and um, basically, yeah,
0: So they just approached you?
1: They just approached me. They basically got two females to tell me to come around the corner. And I thought it was going to be a normal conversation. So when that happened, these boys now, they've come. And there was two of them. One, he he referred to himself as Stab Stab. And the other one, he said his name's Rico from Hounslow. But that obviously- What did you say the first one was called? Stab Stab. Stab Stab. Yeah, that was his like world name. That's subtle. Right. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, you Stab Stab and you're Rico from Hounslow. My friend Shandise at the time, she was like, her ex-boyfriend was amongst them too. So like, that's another thing because some people don't know, a lot of people don't know about their own sexuality, but some people didn't know about well, my- At 14 you
0: wouldn't necessarily, would you? I guess you wouldn't. yeah
1: But um a lot of people didn't really know about my sexuality. So when I'm close with the, the, the female friends, that could be someone's girlfriend. So they can kind of take it the wrong way. But anyway, that's, anou- that's another thing. But anyways, she took my phone, put it in her bra, and then she made me follow her around love lane. And then like this boy came, no way a lie. And I genuinely believe this is the reason for my anxiety. There was literally 14, 15 people waiting, watching to see me get hurt. And obviously it's school also. So, so fair enough. And then um, this boy, he fly kicks me. But he falls. I don't fall. So his friends help him up. And they still carry on following me. Some people try to stop it. And they try to back me into alleyway. I get out of the alleyway. And then the other boy, stab, stab. He punches me with his fist. And as I turn around, the boy Rico from Hounslow, he hits me with the. Um, it was a brick. It was a brick phone, and he snapped my chin in half, split it in half. So it made me. It made me more humble. It made me a much nicer person. So now I'm the sweetest asshole what? ever made. Why would that make you nice? Because Why not angry? Kind. because because I grew up doing Olympic wrestling. Like, even though I grew up in like a passive aggressive household, I was, I wasn't, I was raised right. You know, I know how to take off my shoes when I go into people's homes. I know how to not, not ask for food. I know how to be respectful, but like, I didn't know how to pick up a weapon and hit someone Mm. and you had to fist fight. You know, you sometimes you have to learn how to coming from certain areas. People you can just get attacked for no reason. But in that circumstance, I'm not the type of person to gang up on someone and rush them and beat them up with a group of people, not the type of person to hit someone with something or stab them. I'm only going to defend myself and that's what I've been taught. Mm. So I feel like I couldn't be angry because when my mum was going to report this, she didn't want my older brothers getting involved and doing anything stupid because that's not them.
0: Well, that would lead to further repercussions and retribution. Because we're
1: not like those people. We're not going to call our families and it's going to be a link up at the park and we're going to do shootings. Like, Mm. that's just, that's not, you know, so I can't buck up like that. I yeah. can only maybe one-on-one you a fist fight like they used mm. to do back in the day, but I can't, I don't want to get stabbed. Mm. And that's the honest truth. So I couldn't be angry. I can't get revenge. Mm. I had to eat through a straw for six months. It made me lose weight. That's why I'm tall now and kind of slim thick, which is a good thing. So I'm glad.
0: But you can't see There's like you've got you know, a little goatee. It was an inside operation. Let's take a very quick break just to remind you If you love the show and would like to get involved, grab some cool stuff, get shout-outs on the show, have us create your very own London Legacy show, or even meet up with us in London for a coffee or something stronger, just head over to www.patreon.com forward slash yourlondonlegacy. Okay, let's carry on with the show so we got a little bit of an interruption there, which uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's okay. It's not your fault. Just explain where, where where you're living at the moment. It might give people an understanding of why we get interrupted.
1: I, uh, right now I'm living in um, North London in a really lovely area, but it's a shared accommodation. Uh So right now I have a leak in my ceiling and they've come to, investigate that lead and change a few locks because some of my housemates are being evicted
0: so you're sharing with five other guys I think didn't you say this is housing six, as- six, six. and this is a housing association yeah, property. It's a,
1: it's, a, it's a really lovely house but
0: it is a nice house and a nice area this is uh, Southgate M- yeah. N14 which is a, we say before area. I used to come on a regular basis because my wife was from this area yes but unfortunately, you're sharing with some guys you don't know all that well, and yes. some of them are, I don't know, doing some naughty things, taking some crack cocaine, not, paying, and not, paying, their not rent. paying their rent, and being um, evicted. So Taking crack and heroin. It's not easy for you, is it? No. So but I'm not
1: not—I'm not always here. But <laughs> yeah. I need to kind of make this place my home, because it doesn't feel like home yet. I'm mm. always at
0: my partner's house. Mm. So tell us what you're doing now, because you, you, you're a man of many talents. You've got your own YouTube channel yes. now. You'd, I think you're doing some modelling. You made a, a Channel Three, a BBC Three documentary. Yes, didn't quite know where to start with you really. So tell us about how you got picked up for this documentary and what that was all about.
1: Uh, so the documentary there was um, street casting, and um, my friend had told me about the street casting, and we was meant to go and meet them together. But he, I don't think he took it quite seriously. So I even stayed over his house, and we still didn't go. So anyways, I messaged them anyways, behind his back kind of thing, sent them all my pictures and my links, and they basically asked to meet with me. And once I met with them, I was just, they just fell in love with me. <laughs> but I, I pulled out of that documentary five times.
0: Why? Just because of their anxiety?
1: Um, I just feel like I wanted them to, sh- to show Tottenham in like a good light. Uh-huh. And another purpose was to show Tottenham beyond the headlines, but there's always things that producers and camera people and commissioners want to see on television and in in the entertainment
0: but that was i mean it was in two parts of the documentary wasn't it it remind me what it was called again um our borough love and hustle love and hustle yes so that's why i think it was such a good documentary certainly the first part which is the part i saw yeah because it was it, it focused on you and your life and your upbringing primarily nice and gave a story of hope and positivity rather than the one that's often portrayed about tottenham and north london and drugs yeah. and street crime and all that sort of stuff so I, I think from that point of view it came across really well so why, why do you feel it was not maybe
1: um, i was just worried because i know that they only show five percent of the 95 percent that they film uh-huh. and i know that they have to keep a story you know there's a structure to, to, to stories and so I know that I just didn't want to be, cause I've done television before, you know, I'm coach trip and one night with my ex and, st- and, and know how things can get cut and portrayed. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that was my main concern, but they reassured me, the executive um, directors and every day just sat down with me. They took me out, even on Valentine's Day, they waited for me and my boyfriend to arrive at Camden station just to have a conversation with us. They let us go to Shaka Zulu and then they took us for cocktails after just to like speak to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to be so, but. It was f- going to affect my family. Me publicly coming out there and saying that I'm living as a gay man.
0: Yeah, was that one of the things you were worried about most? Yeah, the completely. Public- the publicity. Yeah. yeah, about your sexuality rather than being followed around with cameras for. Yeah, I enjoy being followed around. You with do. Cameras, yeah. You think you're a bit of a sort of a. I enjoy p- publicity seeking.
1: I used to play Big Brother every single break time and lunchtime in primary school, and me and my best friend Larissa would always like make sure me and her win. So it's interesting, but um i started my youtube channel because um i was on um a channel on sky 714 um called matv it's a midland asian tv channel and um i was doing a live live um half an hour live shows every saturdays and our the language barrier between me and the people um was a bit dif- difficult because i would the inserts would never come up on time i would say right now we're gonna um listen to the song of the week and then i'm still live on air and then you see me live on air telling them to play song of
0: the week, right? So it's pretty poorly produced, yeah. Program. Yeah. Whereas the BBC thing was was brilliant, wasn't it? It was like amazing. The way it was put together. So I th- thoroughly recommend people go and check that out. What's it called again? Our borough,
1: love and hustle. Our borough, love and
0: hustle. Love and hustle. Yeah, so
1: you see me do everything in there—the radio, the acting, and stuff like that. But right now, I think I'm trying. I'm trying to focus on working with um, young kids. So I've been trying to hit up some MPs, but. The vote's happening, so I'm not going to get a response for now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's happening. It's been happening for about three and a half years, is not yeah. it? <laughs> but one of the things I found interesting about the, um, the documentary was how public you were, how open you were about, you know, who yeah. you are and what you are and what you're about. But then they came. There was um like um what is like a gay pride event that was going on it in, yeah, in, in and, the borough and Tottenham. in Tottenham in in Tottenham, and you turned up there. And there not in fairness, there wasn't a lot of people there. They f- were with their flags, the rainbow flags, and what have you. Yeah, and you appeared to be somewhat reluctant to participate in in the in the parade <laughs> because basically it was like the first Tottenham. Pride.
1: They don't even do Tottenham Carnival anymore for one. I'm kinda like, you know, I've been to Black Pride, I've been to London Pride. For one, I don't even know why there's a London Pride and then a Black Pride. Mm. Um, I don't see the difference. And um someone Richard Ansett, he's a photographer, he said to me that um back in his day, Pride was a peaceful protest, it wasn't it wasn't a celebration. Mm. So but um so I think we've definitely come a long way. But I feel like they probably needed me to kind of get in touch with that project a bit more because I feel like that is one thing I would definitely is on my bucket list to do I want to get with different boroughs and kind of make Pride happen in different boroughs again because I think it could be so much better because like I said I've been to Black Pride and London Pride and and they did not give that enough enough justice Mm. but yeah
0: because you've got a fairly significant following now on social media, yes, haven't you? I yeah, mean, I, you do. got, I don't know how many thousands you got on, uh, yours, 17, on your Instagram account.
1: And hopefully. Yeah, no. It's, it I want to make some money. So again, I want to make some money off of it. I want to be sitting with you right now, and just my phone's off right now, and just making money.
0: That's that's the aim.
1: That's that's the aim, and I want to be an online entertainer. I want to do everything.
0: Well not just your Instagram account, but your YouTube channel as well, which is called, what's the name of that as well? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? So tell us about the uh, the theme to that. What's that all about? I mean, I've seen it and obviously yeah. it's you sitting around having chats with your mates and yeah. you, you have some guests on the show as well. Right.
1: So the, what you have seen so far, it, it, everything just kind of is, is great, greatly produced. The sound is great, but it. I didn't really get to like execute my idea. I want to make it into like a magazine show. Mm-hmm. So like I want it to just be me, beginning, middle and end, but throughout. You see loads of different segments happening and um, challenges and interviews with other co-hosts I've been into like art attack and blue p so i've I've always wanted to have a show where I can have loads of other co-hosts and we're just young and fun so that's kind of what I wanted to do I didn't necessarily get that so i'm I'm trying to make it happen again but yeah, it's a, it's meant to be a magazine show, kind of not too seriously, but still informative and, and educational. And the name "What Are You Waiting For?" just comes from
0: basically just get up and, and yeah, do it. Are you are you aiming it at a specific audience, black gay audience, or is it just a wider general community uh, I thing? Think
1: or it's a wider general community okay. thing. I my per- personally, my experience with the black gay community hasn't been too great. Mm. I think a lot of them walk around with chips on their shoulders. I also believe that a lot of them come from negative. Negative homes, where you know some of them may have been disowned by their family too. So they, you're from a negative home. That's, exactly. that's that's
0: why I thought it was interesting to talk to you because. Albeit, you've had these horrible negative yeah. experiences, and it can't be much worse than having your parents. I wouldn't say necessarily turn the back on you, but show no, you course. in your sexuality. Yeah, basically, we wish for you to. How, how, how do you how do you raise above that? You know, from the area you're from, the parents you're from, all this sort of stuff, and, and become a smiling, happy person. As yeah. soon as I walked in, you're smiling, we're having a laugh and a banter. Of so, course. how does that work?
1: I think just from from being where you're from, like I said, just that that creates a mark in your life, and I think that helps my resilience. You know, even like when I got my chin split in half a year later, when, because I got reported to the police, the boy, he bricked me with a house brick mm. in a middle. So, do you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. it was like, a, I've, I've kind of gone through certain things. So I think I've always been resilient. From a young age, I had to learn learn that. And I think that was supposed to happen to me of yeah. all people because that's me and that's what I could have endured. So who do you,
0: what, what do you aspire to be? Who do you look up to? Who are your role models in life that you'd like to sort of aspire um, to?
1: My role model in life, to me, is my brother Jamie. He's he, he is someone who which he, brother is this? He's the third oldest, right? And he he's a boxer and he does boxing. And one day he's gonna. Uh, remember I said this. He's gonna be in the ring with Anthony Joshua, and he's my biggest inspiration. Like he's 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 done very very good for himself. Mm. Where does he train? He trains at New River. New River Sports Centre. I've, I've had a couple of boxers yeah. on, on the show. Jamie Chikiva, he's honestly, uh, yeah. he's he's come a long way so I'm proud of him. But um, yeah, I think I genuinely just aspire to be someone who works with not just young black gay males but like young gay males and young males and young females in general. Mm-hmm. No matter where they come from or who they are and I want to be an entertainment personality. Mm. I want to be on your radio, presenting on your screens. I want to act. I want to be on reality TV. I want to write. A, I want to write a sex book on astrology. A what book?
0: On, a, a, sex a sex book, book on, astrology. on astrology.
1: Yes. What's that look like? And um, basically, so you know, I'm a Taurus and you're a Taurus too. Uh-huh. But um, for example, when I was obviously growing up, if I liked someone, I would go home. I have the book on me, and I would just look through the pages, and I'd learn about what like a Virgo likes. They are like clean are like you to smell nice. When I next meet the Virgo, I smell nice. I got my nails cut. So I got really into star signs and um, I basically want to make a sex book and I want to describe in detail what it would be like for like a Taurus and a Cancer to have sex or um, a Taurus and a Virgo to make love and be intimate and kind of give people that. Everyone, you know, everyone loves a bit of porn. So (laughs) to be able to read it in detail in such a story, I want to call it touch on the run. And the cover would be two naked people running in the rain.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure you carved out a niche for yourself there, because I'm not, <laughs> not, that run. not that I've studied this, this <laughs> genre, <laughs> but I would no, imagine it, there can't be too many other it's books. It's about out.
1: someone craving love and touch like a um, drug.
0: So this would be what, a novel or like a, a, a I don't a, even know a, what a novel means. You don't know what a novel means? No. So, is this a story? You're telling a story, or is this a book where people can study like a textbook? I'm telling a story. You're telling so a story? It's a so, 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 it's a novel, like right. a fantasy type novel yeah, by the sound. So it's of a it. novel. Okay. I'm going
1: to write a novel. Thanks for that, Steve.
0: <laughs> That's okay, but yeah. Um, so, what are you working on at the moment? I mean, obviously, you have got your YouTube channel. So, yeah. you do a bit of modeling. So what, what, are you studying as well?
1: Um, well, I was studying television production, but that I'm not. I don't. I'm kind of in between. Like, I've been there for like four years, mm-hmm. honestly speaking. I don't know if it's for me. I did it because my dad wanted me to do it, and I thought, okay, I can learn about it. But honestly, I don't really enjoy enjoy it too much. I'm doing, um, I've auditioned for E4, they're looking for presenters and new faces, mm-hmm. so fingers crossed. Also, I'm trying to pitch a documentary to the BBC. Um, I'm kind of going to be wary about the type of reality shows I do now, because the type of nature of the documentary was, I kind of want to present a documentary this time. And like we was talking about before, I'm trying to find my niche. And I'm currently doing, I know I said I've never listened to a podcast, but I'm doing a, a, a podcast on love, sex and relationships. And it's going to be like filmed, like as a TV show, and also um,
0: recorded audio. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you'd be perfect for podcasting.
1: Do you think? I do. I'm sorry if I've waffled and gone into tangents By the way, no, that's fine. And As I said at the questions. beginning,
0: this isn't a q and I I don't have fixed questions. It goes where it goes. Yeah, you don't I'm know sure.
1: what you got yourself into.
0: <laughs> it's very true, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the beauty of doing what I do. I get to meet people in their place, in their home, their place of work, or whatever. And yeah. it, it just it just goes where it goes. Unfortunately, we've been interrupted. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a couple of times. But I but appreciate so. you. No, that's absolutely fine. That's cool. So I won't take up too much more of your time. Likewise. Um, I know you're busy. Um, I'm busy too. Yes. So I've got to get back and earn some money. <laughs> so in a minute, I'm going to ask King to tell us one or two of the places he loves in and around London. Um, but I did... I have forgotten so far to ask King to remind everybody how they can get in touch with him and check out his uh, wonderful social media and YouTube. So King, over to you. How can people find you and get in touch with you?
1: On my Instagram, my email is also attached to my Instagram. I am... Um, king galore so i am k-i-n-g-a-l-o-r-e so there's no there's not two g's it's i am king galore mm-hmm. it's the same for my twitter and king chikiva on facebook but follow me on instagram and twitter i'm the most active
0: on those two uh, and what about your youtube channel my usual
1: channel is called what are you waiting for so hashtag w-a-w no hashtag W-A-Y-W-F. But you you're, once you go on my Instagram and my Twitter, honestly, you're gonna be you're gonna come into the kingdom, you know. So you're gonna see everything. You're not gonna miss
0: anything. So happy days with King Chukuba. Absolutely, it's building up a nice little list of subscribers there as well. Yes. So swiftly on a yes. couple of your one or two of your favorite places in London and why. Um, I'm still trying to explore London
1: because I feel like people who live in London, sometimes millennials, sometimes we don't really get to explore London anymore. And like my uncle who lives in Portugal, he know, he's like, have you been to this museum? Have you been here? Have you been there? And they know so much about mm-hmm. London. Mm-hmm. But you know, even though we know the ins and outs, they also know the good spots. But for me, I would say New River um, Sports Centre, there's a field around there and there's a park that me and my friends, we named it Hearts. I don't know why we named it Hart. So where is this new river? It's in Tottenham. It's in, um, oh, it's it's off Perth Road. It's, uh-huh. it's closer to Wood Green. Great Cambridge. It's, it's in that area. It's a sports centre. So you can go, it's, there's a track there. Um, all of the kids, um, all of the schools in the boroughs used to go there for sports there. So it's a well-known sports track and you can do boxing there and wrestling. There's loads of activities that happen over there. But for me, it was the parks and um, you could always get up to mischief in the park. <laughs> and um. BFI in south bank Yes. That for me. British Film Institute. I think yeah, just go there. And it is free entry and you can watch you can watch films as many films as you like on their um in in their little in their library, their cinema library. Mm. I think it's nice. I think it's, it's it's and go there by yourself.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. In fact, we've had as I say we've had about 70 guests on the show so far. And you just named two places which have not come up in anybody's yeah. conversation so far, which is what we like. I mean, I, I've lived in London all my life and I still see yeah. places and go to places which I've never knew existed. So they're two really good recommendations and we yeah. shall stick them up on the uh, with the show notes. Yeah, and, go uh, for
1: a picnic in the fields. You've got to climb into the field. I don't think you will be able to find the park as easy as you think, and I don't think it's actually called Hearts, but the field, you're not going to miss the field, but you have to climb into the field.
0: Okay. Yes. Sounds very, it's very cunning. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know how to do that, get get in touch with King and he'll explain to <laughs> yeah. exactly how yeah, to yeah, do DM it. Yeah,
1: DM me or email me, and I could like take you there or I can give you directions.
0: Perfect. It's been a pleasure to, to meet you and have you on the show, and I think... I'm pretty confident if you keep on the road that you're doing keep the positive spirit that you've got you're yeah. going to go places I don't know whether it's going to be in podcasting being a, be a bigger influencer than you are on yeah, YouTube I for example everything. Uh, or on television but I think we are going to see no. quite a bit more of you I think um, you got something about you which is different thank you I mean to, to rise above problems that you've had um, is it, not an easy thing to do it's very easy to get sucked into negative negative habits yeah, and just sit in it yeah, because it just forms the, the, the backdrop, the portrait of your life, yeah. doesn't it, if you're not careful. So good for you. So it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, King. Did you,
1: did you enjoy our conversation? I loved did our conversation.
0: It? It's good. really good. I value you, your time and your existence. Uh, thank you very much. I'm very grateful to you. Every week here at Your London Legacy, we bring straight to your device a new and fascinating guest with a wonderful London-based story. We hope you enjoy listening to their timeless stories as much as we enjoy creating them for you. If so, the best way to show your appreciation is to subscribe to the show. Simply go to www.yourlondonlegacy.com and pop your name and email in the box where shown. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Thank you for your support.